Kingsway Podcast. Welcome. We are excited you're here. We're continuing our Chosen Breakdown series. Yes. What episode is this? Three of season three. This is double threes. So it's episode 19 Whoop. of the whole show. Okay. Episode 19, season three, season three episode three. Yeah. I just wanted to make it extra confusing. <laughs> a new hope. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I'm not going to lie. I Every time I watch a Chosen episode right now, spoilers are included in this, so if you haven't watched it, just get ready. Every time I watch an episode right now, and we break one of these down, I like go into it with a mentality of like, I've heard this before. I yeah. know what they're going to do. Like I'm a little bit like, yeah, way. I don't know. I'm bored, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And then by the end of the episode, I'm like, on the edge of your seat. Yeah, it's like wrecked. Or like, yeah. I'm like, how did they do it again? We're like, I am I went to four years of Bible college. I grew up in the church. I'm 38 years old. I've heard all of that can be heard, right? Mm-hmm. Wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just wrong. There's this whole, okay, so I feel like the further we get into The Chosen, yeah. the less they're just quoting scripture and the more they're filling in possible outside narrative details around scripture in the gospels and most like biblical narrative does this trend where you only get the details you need Mm -hmm. that's why there's so much speculation and so many studies all this stuff done about like genesis and all these books because it's so sparse you get like 15 minutes of somebody's life and then you move on to the next generation of people. Yep. You're like, whoa, just getting whiplash yep. moment to moment. And so they only give you the details you need. And the gospels have so much more than a lot of those earlier accounts. Like, like think of the the life of Abraham versus the life of David. Abraham gets like six to 12 chapters, something like that. Something like that. David I'm trying gets to think like, of like, I don't know, to- 40 yeah. Plus. Yeah. And then you get to Jesus and he gets these four separate accounts. But still, even within those thicker tellings of a story, no, you don't get a lot. There's individuals and people that you know their name for like four or five verses in both yeah. gospels. What what this feels like, and I can't help but relate it to this because we just finished our season our uh, series on Ruth. Yeah. What this feels like the chosen is doing is what Ruth is doing inside the book of Judges. Yeah. Like yeah, it's absolutely. zooming in inside the time of judges and giving you one like specific breakdown of a family, of a person, of a of a situation. And it yeah. kind of gives you more exposure, kind of the nitty-gritty of what's going on. I feel like the chosen is doing that inside the gospels. It's kind of like creating these little pockets of larger yeah. understandings of characters that have been described or seen, but are only described and seen in like you're saying, those yeah. old, like ten thousand foot, ten to fifteen, thirty maybe a chapter, you know what I mean? But like very small amounts of time. Yeah. Um, you know, this is a very lighthearted episode at the beginning. It's, yeah. it's actually very fun. Um, you get introduced to some characters and it's like totally like almost like a biblical quiz game where yeah. they're like, hey, Jesus, it's so-and-so. And it's like this like fourth wall that they want to break where they like look at you like, do you know who this is? You should know who this is. And you're yeah. like trying to remember. You're like, you're like ah, I, I don't know who that is. <laughs> Which there are a bunch that like if you've studied the Gospels any any length of time, you probably know. So they introduce Lazarus and Mary and Martha. And you're like, they have a few semi-famous stories in the Gospels that you can pretty quickly pull up. Well, and I love that they introduce those characters, but they also immediately give them flesh behind. Oh, so yeah. they, like, they immediately introduce them as kind of like, oh, that's why they asked that. Or that's why they're, you know. Yeah, they. that's something the Chosen's really good at is... 
maybe the Bible says somebody has a certain character trait, but you don't see it that much. And so, like, the famous story with Mary and Martha is that Mary is sitting at Jesus' feet while Martha's doing all the chores. Mm -hmm. Cool. Well, now you see Mary and Martha in this other spot, and Mary's like, ha, blah, 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 Jesus, like, <laughs> yep. like wanting to get all, like, like know about him and is interested in, like, his teaching and all this stuff. And Martha and uh, and Lazarus are both like, Mary, that's rude. Leave him Stop alone. Stop talking. Yeah. Leave him alone. <laughs> what she means to say is, <laughs> yep. which is, like, taking that idea from that one story and making it who they are and then taking who they are and putting it in different situations that probably would have happened. It's such a fun way of doing it because it does make you realize that these people um, are, they're, they're really people. Um, yeah. This is probably the most vulnerable I've ever seen Jesus in this episode. Like yeah. they have him interacting with people in like a social setting and he's trying to navigate these, like you can tell like social norms, but at the same time, like lather Lazarus is like the, the like star of the party like he yeah. loves to have fun and mess with jesus and he's totally like treats him like a, a complete friend like yeah. you know like he's coming up behind him putting his hands on like you know messing with him like joking yeah. with him um you know being sarcastic like it's it's such a fun way yeah. and and the whole time you can see jesus like loves it but is also like in a little like, annoyed like a little like i'm jesus like you know yeah. like you know like and not it, like it feels a, like kids in the pool and they're playing around roughhousing and they're like dunking each other under and jesus is like i just want to stand here <laughs> he keeps getting dunked on <laughs> and it's like please stop i, I hate still it. like loves lazarus and has some fun but it's like why are you doing this oh you could tell are my like, friends i haven't seen him in you so were a long. child <laughs> you're just trying to make me look dumb well, it feels like, I yeah. mean, I think everybody wants to be Lazarus in the story, but I feel like I would be Lazarus, and then later it would feel so dumb once I found yeah. out exactly yeah. who Jesus was. I'm like, I am so sorry. Transfiguration. I can build you some tents, guys. I dunked you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but then also, like, Jesus plays a game, and he's not great at it. Like, they, yeah. they show, like, some, like, evidently, like, some, you know, BC game. <laughs> like, some yeah. old... Israel game. I'd never heard of yeah. it before. Like throw a ball with your left hand, throw it to the right. I don't know. Throw with your right, catch with your left. If it's a, I've never heard about it before. Sounds like something that probably would have been historically accurate, but whatever. I have no idea, but Jesus was terrible. And that's, that's like something I love. They're taking a Jesus character trait. He was the perfect son of God. And yet just a man, not the perfect man either. Perfect isn't sinless, but not like Hercules, infinitely no. strong, infinitely charismatic, infinitely, whatever. And so watching him play a childish game that adults are highly invested in, which is a lot of life mm-hmm. nowadays, uh, and just watching him play that and be fine while everybody else has been in it a lot more and is kind of good at it. Yep. Oh, it and, was uh, perfect. Yeah. You're like, yeah, that probably would have been true. Like even Jesus Carpentry, would he have been a the best literally flawless carpenter? Probably not. Nope. That's not, that's not his thing. I mean, would he given it his best and been honest? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. but the skill level, I mean, you can see that he has physical you restraints. Like, you like want to say God is infallible. God can't be wrong. Jesus is God in flesh. Can he make cutting mistakes? Can he make uneven table legs? Like, yeah, these are questions that would, would probably be yes. He could make uneven table legs yep. and have to fix it later and. Well, and you can but see like, he has to apologize at one point in there. Like he he meets his mom at the house and like he's trying to help her navigate what is coming and like he's trying to yeah. allude to the idea that this is going to be the last time he's coming home, setting her up I think to kind of what the climactic scene of the whole episode is where yeah. it's the Jewish New Year 
they're celebrating and they're supposed to read this kind of like it's almost the way I've I understood it is like it's the text that's supposed to kind of set the the yeah. New Year's resolution for this next year and bring the joy and yeah. And it's what I remember from the gospel accounts. We're trying to do this off the cuff, so I'm trying not to open a Bible and do a bunch of research. Yeah. What I remember from the gospel accounts is about every major detail that they got in there, is that Jesus, as at one point, went back to Nazareth, went back to, to Bethlehem, and was in his hometown and read a scripture in the synagogue that was very short uh, about... Today I've come to declare good news to the poor and the year of the Lord's favor and um, from the book of the Isaiah. Captives. Yeah, from the book of Isaiah. And then he says, "Today this prophecy has been fulfilled in your presence or in your midst or whatever." And then they get mad and run out of out of town. That's all I remember from the account, and that might be all that's in there. There may be some details I'm leaving out. They flesh this out, Christopher Nolan level. Yeah, like, like there is a. They always have music that's like seemingly from instruments from the period, but maybe slightly modernized, but just yeah. like like almost sitar-sounding stringed instruments and horns and whatever. It's almost just like a elevator music. It feels yeah. like it's going on in the background. This felt like either like the Christopher Nolan Dark Knight or the Robert Pattinson Batman, like super distorted guitar sitar thing, where it's like very off-putting, very yeah. whatever by the end. It was a very tense scene Ooh. in the synagogue. Probably one of the most intense. Yeah. Of the whole so series. The first time anybody's tried to kill Jesus, like, very close. Well, and it was watching, you know, the same people he played the game with. Watching the same people that he had fun with. That had the known guy who him. he turned the water into wine at his own wedding for. Yes, and the people that had known him his whole life, as he's reading that text, and then as the, you know, the, the guy that basically was his teacher... Yeah, uh, Benjamin, I think yeah. Rabbi Benjamin. Um, in the show, that may not be from the yeah, Bible, which uh, you know, which they may take some liberties, but he obviously had a rabbi at some point, yeah. and yeah. so it makes it makes it kind of this intense moment where like they're trying to kind of make him reframe what he's saying in a way that's less offensive. Yeah, and he keeps just like nah. no, that's I said <laughs> what I said. Yeah, he's like nah, yeah. pretty clear, you know, like, and by the end of it, I mean it really was. You could just see the rabbi didn't want to do what he was going to have to do, but he felt like yeah. he had to. And then yeah. the friends... To honor God, he had to kill who he didn't know was God's own son. Yep. And then his friends are like, you're going beyond a point of no return. Like, if you say this, we can't, yeah. we can't leave it. And I think what's so sad is you can watch Jesus be resolute, but at the same time, deeply heartbroken. Yeah. Like, he's resolute in, like, what he's saying, but his, you can just tell his heart's breaking for his mom, his heart's breaking for Lazarus, who doesn't understand. His heart's breaking for his friends, yes. other friends who just aren't getting it and are yeah. all ganging up on him and whatever. And it's, it's He's never caught off guard in the back-and-forth argument. No. But he's, like, not emotionally caught off guard either, but emotionally compromised. Yeah, you can tell. It's like... He does not like this. He knows he he knows what exactly what he has to do. He's not swaying in that in any yeah. way. It's more of just I think he knows the weight of what he's about to say and he's holding both of those things in tension. Yeah. And you watch him right before he reads the scripture while everybody's still feeling good and happy. Kind of take a pause and look up and you're like is he just like praying in his mind or something is he just whatever? And it's like 3 seconds longer than comfortable. Uh and then he gets into all this stuff that really changes the mood of the room and 
you can see it in the camera shots and the lighting and the music and the whatever, where everybody's starting to just get upset. Oh, and they at first they're confused and they think yeah. maybe they've heard wrong and then they're starting to realize no. And then people are trying to clarify, like they're like, make, make sure this is actually what you're saying. And then the climactic moment is the rabbi stands up and says, you know, if this, if you're not going to renounce your words by the law of Moses, I have to do this. And there's that Christopher Nolan buildup. And then the, the breaks. Yeah. And he goes, I am the law of Moses. And then it goes right back into like, yeah. and it's like, Oh my gosh. And yeah. I mean, in the scene, his two friends grab oh. him by the arm to take him to this cliff and stone him. And it goes slow motion. The cliff is in scripture. And too. it goes slow motion, and they're pulling the rabbi, uh, you know, the like the ephod, the rabbinic, the cloth rabbinic cloth, and all that stuff. And I mean, they're grabbing all this, his outer garments, roughly. You they're know, literally I mean, almost doing the fulfillment of the prophecies in in yeah. uh, Isaiah fifty three and some of those Psalm twenty two. They're going to gamble over my clothing. They're gonna whatever. They're like they're like being rough with him, but he's like, this isn't it. Well, and then even like they're walking him out to the city, out of the city, and you and I are like talking while the episode's going. I'm like, how are they gonna get out of this? You know, because <laughs> like, gonna walk like, away I was from like this. they're just gonna stone him, right? That's what the law says. And we're like, yeah, like yeah, they get him all the way out there, and you can tell that they're all gonna stone him. Well, well, at least the three guys in front. Mm-hmm. But they, they like clearly don't want to do it, even though they feel resolute that they have to do it. Like they have remorse about it. Yep. Uh, and then Jesus is just like, "This isn't how it happens," and just walks away. Deuces through, <laughs> through people who were trying to kill him. Yep. They're just kind of frozen by the the authority that he has, which is something re- like totally about gospel. Jesus and his character. <laughs> yep. Speaks as one who has authority. Um. Anyway, I want to back up for a moment to get to the I am the law of Moses. Yeah, moment. yeah. This, earlier on in this podcast, I was trying to say that they keep going further and further from just quoting scripture to enfleshing scripture yeah. in things that seem scripturally, historically, archaeologically true. Mm-hmm. So, like, oh, Mary's this way. We're going to add some other scenes where she's also that way. Yeah. Okay. So... Uh, this is this kind of got them in hot water for a minute, even though it's kind of wrong and they said it's wrong. Uh, when Jesus says, I am the law of Moses, they put that in the trailers for season three. And there were a bunch of people who got upset and said, is he quoting the Book of Mormon? Because mm. we know you work with Catholics and Mormons on this show. We've been really worried the whole time that you're just about yeah. to teach uh, things that are wrong. And we, we're pretty sure he just quoted the Book of Mormon. What are you doing to Jesus? Yeah. Um, if that was true, if that was a claim that stuck on the chosen, I'd be a little, little wigged out. Yeah. They've done a great job so far. Yeah. I don't know that I'd be like something that seems pretty true in just the normal Bible. Yeah. But is a specific quotation from the book of Mormons, whatever. Um, but his rebuttal, Dallas Jenkins, who created the show is that, uh, number one, it is not a quotation from the book of Mormon. It's close. But it's also close to a quotation from the Bible. Yep. Uh, where um, Jesus a handful of times says, I am the law all, and the prophets. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. all the law and prophets rest on this. You need to do what mm-hmm. I say, all the law and prophets, whatever. Uh, and I'm the fulfillment of the law and prophets. Even the transfiguration has mm-hmm. uh, Moses, the law, and Elijah, the prophets. Mm-hmm. 
like around him and being like, this is the dude. Yep. So it's very clear that the gospels are like, yeah, he's the law and the prophets. They're fulfilled through him. They kind of are him. Mm-hmm. So it's not anti-biblical at all. It may be very strictly non-biblical in that those words in that order in the original language are not said. Absolutely. But it's very clear. Just like people being like, oh, Jesus never claimed to be God. And you're like, no, he just said a lot of inflammatory things that heavily implied that he was God. And a few things that were like, you wouldn't say this unless you were trying to say you were God. Well, and I find it very, very, very helpful in understanding why maybe the details weren't captured in the same way because all of the disciples are not with Jesus. Yeah, None of the people that are writing gospel accounts are there. Yeah. And so it makes it a lot more plausible in my mind that that conversation has a lot more sway to be a little bit different, if that makes sense. They I'm have a little bit more leeway. I'm assuming they're not there in the Gospels. They might be, or it may be unclear. At least they aren't there in the show. That's what I'm saying. At least yeah. in the show, it makes more sense. Now, you know, timeline-wise, I'd have to look at it, but for for the for the most part, it just makes sense. Now, here's the crazy thing: they get to take him out. Jesus is kind of uses his godlike authority, and I think it's more like yeah. posture and confidence to just walk away from him. Yeah. But there's this overarching thing that you can just see they're going to do a brilliant job of, and they still do. In the moment that you see his divinity and you see him speak with confidence with these rabbis and his yeah. friends, and then you see him walk through them as this like divine, confident, um, triune nature of who God is. Yeah. Then you have this incredible vein of humanity from the yeah. very first part of this episode where he's playing as a child with his mom and his dad comes home and he runs into his dad's arm. He's like three. And you're like, yeah. and she's like teaching him how to talk and walk. Yeah. And like, and then later he's teaching him how to, Joseph, his you know, earthly father's teaching him how to read and nail, yeah. you know. And then we learn about this, this family heirloom, let's call it, that has been passed down. I've never heard of anything like this. Have you heard of anything like this? I haven't. I'm going to assume it's a non-biblical thing the show made up. It could be a thing in tradition that I just don't know about. Yeah, I'm some, curious. Some like church tradition level thing that people have said it was true. I'm going to assume they just made it up, but it's not un it's not anti-true. No, no. It's not evil wrong. It's just maybe like inferred that something like this could have happened. I think it was but kind if of it a, didn't, it's fine. a cool way to invite the audience into thinking about Jesus pondering when he's yeah. going to enter back into Jerusalem. Yeah. And he knows that that day is coming because that will be the final day that he enters and then eventually will lead to his death. So he's thinking yeah. about that day as the completion of a prophecy, um, I think from Zechariah, right, where he comes in on the donkey. Is that right? Probably. Yeah, I couldn't. Sounds yeah, right. That sounds right. Let's just go with it. For the Fact sake of check. not looking anything up, put, sounds right. Put, put it in the comments if I'm wrong. Yeah. Right, John Coward. Um, <laughs> but, uh, the, the truth of the matter is it's the family heirloom is, it's kind of like a, a bit and kind of a bridle bridle for a donkey. It's the, uh, the donkey steering wheel yeah. for us city people. Yep. And it looks like a, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but it rests over the donkey's head and the bit goes in the mouth and it's yeah. said to have been passed down by, by Joseph since they left Egypt. And so it has 40 generations. It has this whatever. like great lineage of like. And Joseph has this awesome moment where he almost like it feels like he like realizes it as he's giving it to Joseph, like, oh, you're probably not going to have any kids. 
Oh, crap. To have maybe, anyway. maybe it's not going to go he, any further. He said, none of us have needed it, but we've always passed it down on the off chance that we do need it. And he's like, you probably aren't going to have any kids. I hope you need yeah, this. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But the beauty of this whole idea of introducing this kind of complete view of Jesus's human journey, mm-hmm. along with this understanding of, of course, what God's called him to do in his ultimate goal, but you know, at the end when he leaves the the cliff and the the crowd that wants to be, he goes to his dad's graveside and he yeah. starts to replay the memories of his dad and just how much he loved them and cared because he's not coming back again. Yeah, and I, it just does such a good job of giving you the full perspective of like Jesus is holding all this stuff in tension. Yeah, and I what I appreciate about it in this episode, all the humanity of Jesus stuff, I think, and Trevor thinks. It's like almost flawless in how it mm-hmm. really poetically, artistically tells you about who Jesus was as a man, along with being the son of God and doing miracles and signs and wonders and all this other stuff. But in this episode specifically, mm-hmm. I think all the flashbacks to Jesus' childhood, all the whatever, we're not watching this episode through Jesus' eyes, but he is in his hometown. There are strong emotions with that, and we those kind of help us understand a Jesus and how he felt in his hometown. So early on, he knocks on his mom's door and the familiarity there is just overly apparent. And then he goes up to his childhood bedroom and it's just like feeling around and looking at things and smiling and like all the stuff that you would do looking around at stuff that you used to be close to and things in your childhood home and whatever. I love if you it. Could go like back names to it, of like, the sheep. He doesn't like raisins, and his mom knows that, but yeah. still made the bread with raisins, which yeah. I found hysterical. Such a mom move. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Even yeah. Jesus says raisins are terrible in bread. And they're fine. <laughs> <laughs> I just you found know, that really funny. They're terrible in cinnamon rolls. Uh, uh, but no, you know you're what? right. I won't judge you if you're nah. in cinnamon rolls. I'm just saying. There's no condemnation. Don't, uh, they don't need anything else. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, you can see all this stuff and then all the flashbacks throughout, especially at the end, the stronger his the negative emotions from people being like, he can't be the Messiah, he's Joseph's son, which I'm pretty sure is also a near scriptural quotation from the Gospels. Yep. Uh, as the emotions get stronger from his upbringing and the, those memories come into combat with who he's saying he is now, the flashbacks get longer and more intense and whatever to his childhood and the good moments growing up and how it used to be and where the roots of that, that place's memories in his mind kind of grew and deepened. Oh, and, yeah. And so, yes, it's great for him as a character in this show, whatever, but it's also great for this episode because it really makes you feel like you're from there. Oh, and that was, I think, you and I both leaned yeah. over each other and we're both like, man, we know what's coming with Jesus and it's yeah. going to be rough because yeah. I like this Jesus. Yeah. I like him. That's one of the weirdest things that this is just commentary on the whole show is that, uh, I've never, I've always read that sinners and like people, the world would consider terrible, especially in an honor shame culture where you want to avoid that at all costs. Yeah. Those people loved hanging out with Jesus. And I've never seen a depiction of Jesus or heard a story about Jesus where I'd be like, yeah, I'd party with that guy. Like, I'd, I'd never seen one where he's not floating a foot above the ground because yeah. he's too holy to walk. Like, I've never seen one where he's a real guy Yep. that, like, without any shiny lights or anything, you'd be like, 
that's a good guy. I'd love yeah. to spend more time with him. And this does it. It does and, it. And you can really see that in, in these super, not superhuman, but these very human moments. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I, I'm almost nervous and I'm already heartbroken for how the rest of this, you know, yeah. there's just so many. Sad, you don't want Jesus uh, to die because you're like, no, he's worth so much in general. But then you don't want Jesus to die because you like him so much. Uh, yes. Like you don't want to be without him. I'm just heartbroken because I feel you can feel his heart for people and how he treats people and how he loves people. And you can you can feel his desire to see those people. And even the way that he, you know, he's telling his mom at the end of this episode, like, Mom, I had to say the things I said at, you know, yeah, at, at the, the ceremony. I had to do it. Like they needed to hear it. And she knows it's true. And she's he's like, I know it was scary. And I know it was hard, but I had to do it. And like yeah. his heart is in such the right place. Like he is not just yeah. like they needed to hear it. Like yeah. they're the, you know, he's yeah. like he's like compassionate and gentle, even after they're like trying to stone yeah. him. Like I'm like, yeah, I don't know. It's just a just a beautifully again, it's it just feels so well done. Um, yeah, I could not be more excited. I had a couple more people in church this last Sunday say, Hey, I'm on the chosen train. <laughs> and I and I need to say this out loud. If you if you're watching this at this point, you know this. But if you're introducing someone to the series, just get them to episode three, to the kids episode. One and two yeah. are decent, but man, once you get to that kids episode, I think the heart of this series and what they're trying to do comes out because the depiction of Jesus as relatable to children in that episode yeah. just really I think cracks the door open on what is to come. Yeah. And how much he can, and this episode again does that so well of like just putting flesh on him. Um, yeah. So I heard that again this week. Two yeah. people were like, I got to episode three and I'm hooked. And I was like, I need to say <laughs> that on this podcast. Yeah. Like, if you're introducing him, just tell him, get, you can say no, but you have to watch the first three episodes. Yeah. Like that's, All the way that's fine. Just watch, watch the first three and then you can decide. So. Yeah, well, man. Any other thoughts? I mean, this is a good episode. I I highly encourage you to stay up to date, watch more. Um, yeah, I'm I, I'm so excited. To see I just loved. I mean, even though it's so tense, I can't stop thinking about the synagogue scene where he was talking to them and all the back and forths. Some of that's in in the gospel accounts, but some of it isn't. Uh, like little embellishments and little ways mm -hmm. he like draws it out, and. Uh, yeah, I don't they know. do I just such can't a good job of pulling it. from other places that that tension is felt and pulling it into that scene. Yeah. So it's not unbiblical. It's Even just the not in cutting him off. Yep, who were like his friends. Like surely that can't be. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I said what I said. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You're like, it was pretty clear. Surely that can't be. And he's like, did I stutter? stutter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he's like, are you saying you're more than a prophet and you're the Messiah? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah that's it okay yeah so there are a hundred braggadocious ways he could say that and he's trying to like stay as calm and reasonable and humble as possible while also telling them who he actually he's like, is this is as clear as i can say this yeah yes <laughs> yeah um, well thanks so much for watching if you stuck it out i'm proud of you and let us know in the comments if this if you enjoyed this episode are there any things you misunderstood or didn't like or maybe some things that we missed that we should have been talking about always love to yeah. see those uh as always hit the like button or leave us a positive review or maybe uh hit that subscribe button if you want to see more pass it on to a friend if you think it's worthy until the next episode have a great glorious day in the lord see you later see ya.